Hello and welcome to the Valiant Central Podcast. Where's my bell? With Martin, Duan, and Travis. Yellow. Yeah. Uh, long time no see, gentlemen. It's been uh, six months. <laughs> Thanks, COVID. Yeah, man. I had a baby, and she's a big baby now. She, you had episode. a baby, and then she had a baby, and now you're a great-grandfather. Yeah. Um, New Mutants finally came out. Yeah. Uh, what else? Justice League came out. I Everything, retired. You retired. But I went back to work. Yeah, lots has happened in the past, uh, since November, when we last recorded. I think we actually recorded, it might have been just me, uh, right before Thanksgiving. Nope, that's when EXO came out. That's the last time we recorded for EXO number two, because uh, we were throwing out some EXO bi- bicycle jokes. But uh, we're back because uh, there's some very exciting stuff we want to talk about uh, on a book that is not out yet. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things, man. When you get books early, sometimes you're like, eh, we can talk about this. And sometimes you're like, uh, we should kind of talk about this. So we're going to be talking about Shadow Man number one uh, coming out from Valiant April 28th. And you can pre-order now. I think uh, FOC is April 5th. So that is not this Monday, next Monday. So you've got about a week and a little bit to pre-order. But uh, everything good with you guys? Yes, sir. Can yeah, ask good. for anything else better? Well, yeah, man. I mean, I don't know about that. Hey, man. If you know, tea them babies, you know, diaper changes and four o'clock wake up calls. Mm. That's the life, man. Yeah, that's the life. Yeah, man. That's Valiant the life. Comics. Valiant Comics. Let's talk about Valiant Comics. Uh, we're going to be talking about Shadow Man number one. I, I don't want to talk about a lot of story specifics. We can talk about some things if, if you guys need to. Uh, but let's try to kind of go roughly over the plot. Because uh, I don't want to spoil the book before, you know, it, it's like a month away. So uh, let's try to be kind of spoiler free. But uh, I think even if we go spoiler free, there's plenty to talk about on this book. Because uh, I read it and I was very excited. Uh, I usually don't tweet immediately after I read a comic. But I tweeted immediately after I read the comic. And uh, Colin was nice enough to chime in. I know that uh, John Davis Hunt was retweeting it. So uh, let's talk about it. Who wants to kick it off? Who's going to be the negative Nancy? Is it Travis? That's usually me, right? <laughs> <laughs> Travis, why don't you kick us off? Give us some uh, overall impressions of Shadow Man. Uh, I liked it. Um, the art looks great. Uh, and I, I think um, the tone is, you know, interesting and new. You know, I, I, I'm glad that they finally... Uh, you know, gave Cullen a shot on this because it's such an obvious match, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, I, I guess I'm just, uh, I'm interested where they're going to go with it. And I, I hope that they, you know, give it space to, to develop into like, like a decent size story, you know, mm-hmm. like seems like they're setting up something, towards the the end that you know it's pointing the way towards you know kind of like a, like a road trip type story or something um so i you know it would be good if they if they get you know 12 issues or something to, yeah. to actually tell that i think the the longest story we've gotten in the last year or two is Psylords, right that's probably right oh well bloodshot, bloodshot oh yeah. blood you're right yeah we yeah. got 12 issues of bloodshot Okay, so it is possible. Yeah, like I'll take twelve. I think I think Colin could do some good stuff in twelve issues. I agree. Duan, I liked it, and without being spoiler um, <clears throat> or having comments that are spoilery, I, I liked a more confident Shadow Man. Yeah, um, from the from what we had in the past, which was really good. In a sense, in the art, you know, it's a different kind of take on um, Shadow Man himself, which I liked. Well, you know, I don't know if I liked it, but I'm I'm interested in it. You know, I didn't dislike it. I want to see what they what they do with it. But I like how his images. Um, but like I said, the confident Shadow Man character really was refreshing to me. 
Yes. So I'm going to be the fanboy of the group and say that it is the best Shadow Man book I've ever read in my entire life. How about that? Uh, that was what about what about Garth Ennis Shadow Man? Come on, man. Uh, you know I love Garth Ennis, uh, and it was very good. Uh, but you know it's one. Of the, here's the thing, Travis. I'm I'm saying it just because I'm excited of the possibilities of the book, right? I mean it's a first issue, and in many respects it reads like a first issue. But you know based on some of the stories that we've gotten uh, with Shadow Man since 2012. I feel like this has the most potential um, out of the stuff that we've gotten from the current iteration of Valiant. Um, I mean, I my favorite run is the Bob Hall stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. I think I, I may have mentioned that, too. I know I was talking to Greg about it a little bit. Um, and, you know, he took over, I think, issue four of Shadow Man, three or four, and uh, had a very long run on it. And really... Like I think Bob really shaped the character into what Valiant fans expect Shadow Man to be. Um, the, I mean, the first three issues were fine, but uh, you know, it's not until we get like Master Dark and that kind of thing popping in. Uh, you know, the whole jazz culture, the New Orleans voodoo stuff, uh, and all that's really brought in with Bob Hall. Um, I think before that, he's just like walking through the swamp, like you know, maybe playing a sax. I don't even know what he was doing. Uh, but but Bob really shaped the character into, to, into what we expect Shadow Man to be. And, you know, looking at some of the comments on Twitter, for example, a lot of people are asking for the saxophone, right? Because, like, for a lot of folks, that's what defines Shadow Man is, is the musical aspect. And while Jack doesn't himself play a sax in this issue, uh, there is that saxophone in the one panel at the beginning of the, of the issue. So that's, like, a, a cool callback to that. Um, he's wearing, like... Uh, dog tags and the dog tag has the the old school shadow man uh emblem on it um you know i think those callbacks are really great for valiant hardcore fans like us um that maybe have been missing out on some things at valiant and and this book has the potential to be a book that brings back some hardcore fans into reading the books regularly right i mean it it's kind of tough when you're only putting out a book or two a month but uh but even then like you know, a lot of Valiant Hardcore have kind of gone by the wayside uh, based on the direction. And I think this this is the right direction for this character. And I hope it's a direction that we see for many other characters going forward. And you look at, you know, if Cullen's writing the book, he, and he's had, had this much time to kind of flesh out the character, um, you know, because of the, the COVID pause. I mean, I'm really excited to see where, where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, and I think this was originally scheduled to come out uh, last May, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, you know, COVID kind of threw that by the wayside and everything was pushed back. Uh, I know there's some other books that we were all excited for that were pushed back, right? Um, there was like the Harbinger teaser. Uh, what was that other one that's like a new property? Um, Final Witness. Final Witness, that was pushed back. I haven't heard much of anything on that yet. But, uh, you know, we, we kind of want to see this kind of thing. And, you know, you guys keep bringing Cullen up. I, I almost feel like Cullen – look, it was either, like, wish fulfillment or, like, somehow somebody caught wind of this happening and just, like, started spreading a rumor around because everyone's just like, Cullen should be writing this book, right? For years, people have been saying that. Um, at least I know, like, me and Ronnie have been saying that. <laughs> um, yeah, you're saying it wasn't Ronnie? <laughs> uh but but it makes sense i mean like when you think modern horror comics there's very few writers that you think of and and i think cullen is probably at the top of that list um and you know i mean i almost feel in in a small way bad for cullen to be kind of like typecast as the horror guy but he's just so freaking good at it right that like why not yeah, and he has a and he he has a good attitude too because I think uh, was it the last C two E two we went to, you know there were hints maybe that this would be happening, mm-hmm. you know, but you know nobody could really say anything and you know you know we didn't know a hundred percent sure, 
if this was happening, but it's just it just felt good, you know, mm-hmm. that Cullen would be doing it, you know, and, and that's a that was a long time ago, if you really think about it. Yep. And there was there was a genuine excitement about it. And now that the, we finally get to see um the, the work product of it, um it's exciting. I hope this gets a long run um and really flesh out Shadow Man because Shadow Man is a complex like character in a sense. Not just himself, but even how um, he interplays with the the, the sub characters in the in the universe, right? They kind of all play off each other with the subject type of the, the mystic side, um, the voodoo side. You know, mm-hmm. you can't just have one voodoo character that dominates everything. You kind of have to have everybody interplays off of each other, and it takes a, a good writer to kind of develop all those characters and get them in a certain like um, theater where they can can play and interact off it off of each other that is interesting to the reader. So I hopefully that, you know, this gets a nice run to where we can see all these characters kind of play out, you know, hopefully if there's a punk mambo. I don't know if that will happen, you know, but um, just the characters out the first issue, I'm like, hell yeah, this is going to be good. Yeah. I mean, this I'd is, love to see like, I'd love to see punk mambo show up and uh, you know, Dr. Mirage show up. Uh, obviously I would love to see uh, master dark show up. Uh, mm-hmm. maybe his sister, you know, and now that we, we can play around with continuity a little bit, uh, I, I guess we can assume he's not stuck in a tree anymore. So, uh, <laughs> you know, he could show up. Uh, I hope, uh, Cullen has a good plan for that. Uh, I don't know if you, I, I may not have known you guys back then. I was so mad how that book ended when they turned him into a, into a tree that I wrote like this fan story of uh yes. of, of roku really? mm-hmm. yeah I, I, it was roku getting him out of the tree um and then forming uh unity dark with shadow man dr mirage punk mambo roku etc and uh and I, I had another valiant fan who was actually he he drew like three or four pages and they were freaking awesome um but then i got busy and he got busy so you know how that goes but but you know I'm not saying steal my story, Cullen, because what the hell do I know about comics? But uh, but I, I I hope if he brings them back, he's got a, a cool way of doing it. And uh, you know to to go along the the voodoo aspect that you mentioned, Duan, you know seeing Samadhi show up here, uh, I thought was a really great way to um, kind of like entice new readers into like what the hell's happening uh, with this uh, the the, the law of death. Uh, but also a nice callback to to older stories. Um, you know, I think somebody showed up in the when did that book come out? Twenty thirteen. In that run, a little bit. I think in the first arc, he was the main villain, and and the interplay between him and Jack in this issue is is very different. Um, it's almost like um, it's kind of like a split personality kind of thing, uh, or maybe like a, a devil on your shoulder kind of thing, and. And that could play into some of the the potential plans for this book. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the uh, the WonderCon video that came out yesterday. Um, do, you know, WonderCon's doing WonderCon at home because COVID. So uh, Heather interviewed uh, Cullen and John, and and there were some things thrown out in there about uh, making this kind of like a, a roadshow kind of thing to tie into some of the musical aspects. Uh, and then, you know, bring that into some of the horror stuff, like doing a story like The Devil Went Down to Georgia, right? Where Jack mm-hmm. goes to Georgia and meets some spirit there. Um, I, I thought the, the potential for those kind of things is really cool um, because there's a lot of, like, horror mythology in the Deep South uh, that I don't think gets explored nearly enough. And and I'm sure Cullen knows the story. I mean, Cullen's from North Carolina, right? So he, he'd be familiar with, with Southern mythology. Um, but I think I think that has a lot of potential, and I think Duan, you may have brought that up. So it seems like they would be totally up your alley. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> well, they they already did the crossroads, right? Mm-hmm. In the uh, in the race Remmer issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, like I don't know, I I don't. It's been so long, but do you guys remember? you know, what, what was happening in the last Shadow Man series, which I, for my money, that's like, like the best so far that we've gotten for VEI Shadow Man. Are you talking uh, about the, the Matt Kent stuff? No, I'm talking about, uh, Andy Diggle. 
Ah, uh, Daigle. Yeah. Like, you remember, like, like Baron Samdi was the one who sent Jack on this, like, trip through time that, like, you know, like, led to a revelation about the nature of the Shadow Loa and mm-hmm. unbinding him. And, uh, you know, like, and then later on, like, Sandria Dark gets into the mix and, like, sends him out on this, you know, like mission you know like like a self-serving kind of like double cross mission right um i i hope that on some level they bring some of that stuff back because i i thought they they set up a lot of stuff and then didn't get to finish it Mm -hmm. um so you know like what the relationship between jack and and the loa i think it should be explored hopefully they they can get to that in some of the story and and I'm sure they will. From from the chat uh, with Heather and John and Cullen, uh, it seems. I mean, Cullen flat out said that he's not rewriting any continuity. That this book is a continuation of everything that's come before. Um, so it's just a matter of how he's going to tie some of that stuff in uh, to to work on this like new iteration of the character. You know, Martin, and that's a good point because I think if, out of all the valiant characters. You know, even the ones that get the long runs, Shadow Man needs to get the longest run. And, you know, they have to deal with business, the business side of things and 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 interest in it. But as far as character development, this character needs that 12 or four year run. You know, if, if money wasn't an option, this this character needs that long run. Everything else, I think, could, could do shorter runs mm-hmm. in a sense. But this one, I mean, to me, he's such a complex character in the world he he, he walks around in. It's, it's so complex. He needs a deep run. It, it seems like we just get teased a lot of times with, with the character. You know, we get these kind of blips here, blips here. And for me, it's like even from the, the original Shadow Man back in the day, it's just like, man, I, I really want to see this whole world fleshed out to see how, how great this character could be. I think the character is great. Mm-hmm. On its own, you know, it, it, he really is. So, hopefully, it gets a long, long run. And for me, as a fan, I, I want to see it. Yeah, for sure. And and I think Cullen's done a lot of research on like uh, voodoo culture. Um, what was that book? He had a book uh, from Boom, maybe that came out a few years ago. Um, that was it. It was based on some of the voodoo culture where they would take um, skulls from dead people and grind them up and turn it like into a drug, basically. And bone what, Parish. Bone Parish, yeah, 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 that's it. Uh, I mean, that book is freaking incredible. Uh, and it's, it's set in the same world, you know what I mean? So it's not like it's a big jump for Cullen to go into that. Um, oh God, he's got such a good bibliography, too. Sorry, Colin. We we shouldn't talk about Cullen so much. We should talk about John a little bit, because uh, I I love John Davis Hunt. Uh, you guys know I'm a huge, 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 huge Wildstorm fan. And uh, and when DC put out the Wildstorm, which I wish they would do more books in that side of the universe, um, I was just thrilled that he was the artist. Uh, I've been following him for for quite a long time, and uh, and I loved his run then. And when it was announced that he was doing Shadow Man, I was really excited. And and I love the take on it, and it's kind of a, a play between him and Jordy, Jordy Belair doing the colors, um, because even though this is a horror book, it's not really a dark book, right? I mean, the first issue deals with like uh, demonic possession and opening portals to the dead side and uh, human sacrifice, uh, but even then, like it gets bloody but never dark, right? And uh, and I really like that. Uh, he kind of did something similar with a Vertigo book that he did many years ago. Um, how'd you guys feel about the art on this? It definitely had a um, Book of the Dead type of feel at, mm. at, at times. You know, that type of art. Uh, Britannia. Yeah. The same kind of artist here. That's, that would, that's what immediately popped in my head. So you're saying that John's ripping it up is what you're saying. Not ripping so much, <laughs> but it has rip flavor. You know? As if rip was like salt and you just sprinkled it in the comic. Yes, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Dude, and I, that's a compliment. I'm not saying that to knock them. I mean, freaking Juan Jose Rip is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish we'd see more stuff from him. But, uh, yeah, I could see that. Travis? Uh, yeah, I mean, you want more uh, Reap? I, I think he's doing a book over at uh, Bad Idea. Are we allowed to say that? Or Oh, that's right. He is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? He sure yep. is. So uh, that's – there you go. Uh, probably on sale soon. Um, let me yeah, let I, me ask you. Let me ask you. Side tangent. This is when all the this is when all the Valiant fans send me uh, hate mail. Um, I'm I'm considering not getting these books. The bad really? idea books, you mean? Yes, I have I have some issues with the uh, marketing model, uh, and I don't think it's necessarily as good for shops as it is made out to be. Uh, you I, might be. I'm sorry, Travis. No, I, sorry, I, I'm stepping on you. I'll go, I'll go next. No, go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to get off on, on too much of a tangent. And, uh, you know, I, I got nothing but love for uh, Dewan. I mean, sorry, uh, Dinesh. Uh, nothing but love for you, Dewan, as well. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, Dinesh and Hunter and, and everybody, you know, like, much love. But, um, you know, I like, I'm a digital reader. And, uh, it's, you know, I, I even have, uh, you know, a few shops in the area that, um, are getting the books, you know, I like, I'm privileged in that sense to be in LA and not in Kansas or something. Yeah. Um, but I, you, you know, it's, it's not super easy for me who doesn't frequent a comic shop to, to go and, and hook that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know about the idea that uh, you're not going to let consumers have it in the format that they want, mm-hmm. you know, like, like basically that you get like it's it's for me kind of like a the Apple model for years wherein you tell the customer what they want. Right. And the customer is like, no, but we want it like this, though. Can, can you do it like this? And they're like, you don't want it like that. <laughs> trust us you're you're gonna love this instead and it's like no but i i you know i i don't need a physical comic that lives in a long box that that like it's like in a dungeon <laughs> i know i hear like, you like if it were you know collected after the fact you could put it on a shelf uh, you know or you could keep it in your iCloud if it was digital and you know, it's not taking up space in a long box. Like, you know, I, I live in a one bedroom apartment. Like, like, there's not a lot of room for long boxes, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, I don't need a whole box. It's just bad idea comics. But, um, you know, like, I, I don't know. I I wish them well. And, I, like, I, I guess I'm going to try to get the floppies. But, um, you know, if, if I miss out, then I'm not going to be too upset. Duan, go ahead and chime in because you know you you come from a different side. You are a collector, uh, yeah. and then I'm I'm gonna fall kind of in between you two. Yeah, you know, at first I was like nervous because you know I'm an old school floppy guy and a collector, and you know I was like Travis said, you know I was blessed that there there were two shops in Ohio that that uh, were authorized dealers for, uh, of the book, and one was my shop, and. Um, and subsequently, I was able to find a few other shops that I were able to order the books off of. So, you know, that kind of took, like, the nervousness off of me. Um, but um, my next question is, you know, if they want to keep this model, you know, and, and, and to kind of bring people in like you, Martin, and, and Travis, who are digital, why won't they make them like an NFT, like a, what they call a non, non-fungible token? Non-fungible tokens. Where's my see you, see? you hear that? Yeah. That's called a bell because I was going in that direction. Um, Go for it, Martin. Yeah, Take I was going. Look, I, I I've been deep into this NFT stuff for a while because I'm an idiot that loves cryptocurrency. Um, I, so I fall in between you guys. I'm I'm also mostly a digital guy. Um, I just don't have the time to go to a shop, and you know I've done DCBS in the past. But I was doing like monthly boxes, and I just I don't even want to wait for a box. I just want Wednesday it comes out and I read it. Um, 
And you know, I read it on the big screen on my on my PC. So you know, it's a 32 inch screen. It's giant comics. Um, that's that's how I want to read it. There are some publishers that don't have a big digital presence, like Scout Comics, for example. Um, and so I'm fine buying print comics. And there's some books that I buy print anyway, like Batman and some of the Valiant books, etc. Um, but mostly digital. Uh, but see, the difference is, you know, like Travis said, you have a choice there. I can choose to buy digital, or I can go to the store and buy the comic, or I can wait for it to be collected in trade. Um, and usually if it's a trade, I'll wait for a hardcover, because Aaron and Ronnie ruined me with the goddamn hardcovers. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's so much nicer to buy a hardcover than, than a, just a paperback. Uh, anyways, so so that's that's my personal preference. The the thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way was, you know, the whole time they're talking about all these rules set up for shops uh, where they want people to have access to the book, right? So, like, one rule is, you know, you have to sell it for cover price for 30 days. Uh, that's great. But what if I go and I buy my copy and I put it on eBay for $150, which is what they were going for? You're you're not addressing that issue, right? And then you're hurting shops, because there were shops taking off the retail list that were selling their books for not cover price and bad idea caught wind of it and they removed them from the list so they can no longer sell bad idea books. Okay, cool. That's great. But you're still not solving the problem because the, the books are still going on eBay for – I mean I'm sure they're less now, but they were going for 150 bucks. Um, and I tried to voice my concern on this and all I was – you know given was bad idea fanboys uh which i assume are uh, old school valiant fanboys too uh telling me how wrong i was and i didn't get it well i fucking do get it uh you're not solving any problem <laughs> you're it's hurting the shop because if i can go buy the book for three bucks and sell it for 150 i just made a shit ton of money and the shop is taking a chance on these books and when they try to sell it for more than three dollars, four dollars, uh, they can, they're not allowed to sell the books anymore. And to me, that's not a good business model. Uh, so this happened the day that the books came out, uh, and I was going to the shop to get them because I'm also fortunate enough that even though I live in a smaller state, um, all three shops that carry bad idea books in my state are within 20 minutes of me. Um, so I can go to any of these stores and get them, but then I chose not to get them because of these idiots that are telling me that I don't get it. Um, I get it. I want to read the fucking comics, and I was going to support the comics, uh, but I'm not cool with dealing in this vitriol that people get into when they're just too hardcore to see anybody else's is ideas. Um, so because of that, I, I decided not to get the books. Uh, if they end up being, you know, incredible or whatever, like if I go to a convention, whenever those come back around and like Venditti selling tanks, is that what it's called? Tanks or something, something with tanks, tankers, uh, tankers, tankers. There you go. If Venditti's got tankers on his, on his booth, I'll, I'll get it from Venditti. Uh, but you know, aside from that, I don't really care. That's my take on well, it. I, I remember thinking that it seems like the mark, like the, the model it was unavoidable that that, that it was going to lead to this kind of black market arms race, mm -hmm. you, you know, and like, I assumed that it was going to be retailers, <laughs> like the retailers who could actually get it would be like on the sly selling the stuff on eBay for, for a huge markup or something. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't, I'm not sure I really understand the rationale for restricting the supply like that. Like if a shop wants to sell it, why should they not be able to sell it? Yeah, let them Why sell it. Why should they not be able to order it and and pay for shipping and sell it? You know, like like why are you choosing winners and losers? I assume based on on who Valiant had a good relationship with. You know, like I I would assume those are the the retailers that were approved in in the early announcements were the ones that were all in on Valiant. You know, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. My, my local shop never really sold a lot of Valiant. I, I, I mean, I think the shop, and, and they carry bad idea um, books, but I think there were only two pool people, like me and another guy, 
but they were my local shop was really strict he was like look man you can only order one i can only sell you one book every 24 hours or something like that whatever the restrictions were yep um and he he stuck by <laughs> it i mean and it, and it kind of got him some business I, I won't throw names out there but there are other other friends of ours who are valiant collectors that called me and they're, they're like i can't get the book here i can't get it in my area i'm like well call my local shop and he, he was able to get the books for him and, you know, they pay for him. I'll pick them up and ship it to him. But it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's additional work. It's yeah, for sure. And, and here's the thing, like the, the one shop that got busted, they got busted because they're idiots, right? All you got to do is set up like a Joe Schmo account on eBay, right? Not like mycomicshop.com on eBay or whatever. That's not the, mm-hmm. the shop, obviously. Uh, but just like, you know, Duane Hammonds and, uh, and just, you know, sell it on there. Right, and then you're right. you're you're bypassing the rule, uh. So the the rules don't make too much sense if you don't want to uh, stick by the rules, right? And they're they're easy to bypass. Uh, you brought up NFTs. I don't want to spend a lot of time on NFTs because we're supposed to be talking about Shadow Man, uh, but I think Nick and I are going to be talking about NFTs and comics. So you can check out the next episode of the Nerdy Legion, uh, because I have a lot of ideas on how to. Appeal to both guys like Duan, uh, who like to collect, and uh, to guys like Travis that just want to read and don't give a crap about even having a physical copy. Um, God, do I have to explain NFTs? You will. That's so like, complicated. I, let's talk after this. Let's chat. Uh, there's somebody in our group I think you may want to talk to about that. because Yes, I know who. Into him. Yeah. Yeah, we, in an, on another subject area, we've kind of been dabbling in nfts and it's very interesting it is very, very interesting uh basically mm-hmm. nfts are uh like the one said non-fungible tokens they're basically just like a set of numbers it's like you're, you're buying bitcoin uh so it, it's it's sold on the blockchain like bitcoin i think they use the ethereum blockchain um and you basically it's like giving you a certificate of authenticity for a digital product, right? Because only you have ownership of this token. Um, so even though the comic might be infinitely reproducible because it's digital and you can make copies of anything for free, um, only you have the authorship. And I think the way that NFTs are set up now uh, are just kind of mostly a money grab, to be honest. But I think there's some really interesting potential in combining NFTs with something like uh, Slab Comics, CGC books, um, where you can buy the NFT as a certificate of authenticity and pass that on. Uh, and you have like the, the legit proof that you owned it or you got it from this guy who owned it at this particular rating or whatever. Um, I think the potential there is much more interesting than selling like a GIF. Of like fucking dancing monkey, right? For six million dollars. Um, so there's a lot of potential. Now, would I buy an NFT uh, if it was priced correctly? Yes. Again, I'm not going to buy a dancing monkey GIF for six million dollars. Uh, but if you sell me a certificate of authenticity, I'm okay paying a couple extra bucks, right? If it somehow supports the creator of that thing, um, because then I have proof that I own this thing even though the thing is a digital product. And I mean, this is like one of those things that you can talk about for like four or five hours because there's so much that you have to set up to understand what the hell NFTs are about. Uh, so if you're, <laughs> if you're totally lost on it, like that's fine. Uh, can I explain it to a real simple? Yeah, you got an easier I'm, way? Yeah, I'm, I'm a simple, like I don't understand the techie side of stuff, but what sold it on me, like I used to click cards right yes. baseball basketball cards so say you got a let's say mickey mantle right maybe they made a million mickey mantle cards right so what makes one different than the other you know it's the cardboard how it's cut sure. maybe, maybe you got it like you said cgc or however they do it in cars but what the nft does and correct me if i'm wrong martin so say they made a thousand of these cards. Mm-hmm. You know what? What differentiates one car from the other? You don't know. Well, NFT you can say, well, there's there's a number one, and right. number two, and number three, and number four, all the way up to a thousand. So even if there's a thousand in a, you know cards printed or moments or 
you know, comic books that they're releasing digitally, the one that has the number one series, kind of like an art print in a sense, that number one is worth more than, say, the number 1,000. Right, you because know, it, it's a then, unique item. Exactly. Yeah, that there's. Was, that's what the token. That's what the non-fungible token basically exemplifies. Yeah, mm-hmm. the uniqueness of it. Um, even if you could just take a picture of it and give it to somebody, and it's the, the same item, uh, they don't own the item, right? So right. you're you're listed as being the owner of Michael Jordan Dunk from 1991, right? To bring up Top Shots. Um, yeah, I think, like I said, there's some really cool possibilities, and I wouldn't mind seeing comic creators experiment a little bit with it. I know there's a lot of uh, environmental issues that people are bringing up about blockchains, uh, and that's fine. Uh, I think they're wrong, but I'm not going to go into that here. Um, I think that seems more worthwhile than doing uh, you know, this, this limited supply for no reason, right? Uh, they could easily print more, and they could easily find better ways to to control the supply and demand of the books. Uh, to me, all it's doing is pumping the speculator market to pump up the price of the books, uh, and that's something that you know. There's a long history of that at Valiant, with uh, you know the one in ten, one in twenty, one in fifties, one in one hundreds, one in five hundreds, you know, one in a thousand covers. Uh, where you know a comic shop's spending a thousand dollars to order a thousand books to get this one copy, which the one will buy and cover the the cost of the order, but then you're stuck with nine hundred and ninety nine books, right? Um, yep. So to me, that seems more wasteful than doing something like an NFT on this book. Uh, but again, that's <laughs> that's probably a six hour conversation um, just on NFTs. Cause, dude, you'd like you got to spend like three hours just to explain it. You know what I mean? Like people don't know what the hell it is, um, and and a lot of people are just like, well, that's stupid. Like, why would I care about owning a digital product? <clears throat> um, but I think you know we're we're kind of moving into this area where like the the idea of what it means to own something is very different in a digital market as opposed to a, a physical market, and and this is kind of how you move this idea of ownership into a digital world um but again a, a different conversation but i like it dewan maybe maybe you should come on and talk nfts with us I, and know, we'll get I'm we'll, we'll like get the, dennis too yeah i'm the least savvy about it but i i am in i am in you know i'm into it and um i have limited exposure because i have limited knowledge about it but it makes sense to me if it yeah. makes sense then i'll, I'll participate Look, and this is coming from a guy that owns like thousands of Dogecoin. You know what I mean? Because uh, I think it's funny. Like, I, I just love to get in on the memes, uh, dude. Like, they somehow the Dogecoin people convinced Slim Jim to do like a limited edition Doge Slim Jim. Uh, so that's coming out soon. So why the fuck not? You know what I mean? Like, it's fun, right? Yeah. You just, just play. Do it. Uh, Take your I, stimulus money and just blow it. Yeah, it, dude, I spent 50 bucks and it was like two cents for a Dogecoin, you know what I mean? So I bought thousands of them for 50 bucks. Um, and, and it's like I tell my wife, she's like, why'd you do that? And I'm like, you know, I can go and spend 50 bucks on a video game or on comics and get like, you know, three hours of entertainment for that amount of money, right? Or like, I've been in on these memes and cracking up all day for freaking weeks, dude. <laughs> Like, to me, that seems more worth it. Like, that's a good way to spend 50 bucks. Uh, but again, I'm weird. So uh, let's do an NFT for uh, Shadow Man. How about that? Um, did you guys enter the Shadow Man art contest, by the way? Yep. I yep. did not. Oh, you should enter. So Valiant's doing a Sh- Shadow Man original art contest where all you got to send an email with, I think it's like your name, your address, and a character that you would want. And you could win a uh, original art from John Davis Hunt. So get on that. Uh, I think that I ends put, I, this Wednesday. I put Beyonce in as my character. You're gonna have him draw Beyonce? Yeah, kind of, <laughs> I'm not suitable for work one. You know. <laughs> you don't want like a Megan the Stallion commission? <laughs> nah, I'm old school. I'm old school. <laughs> Oh, man. I I usually skip a lot of these contests, 
Um, because since we do the podcast, like, I mean, you know, you you did yours, that's fine. Uh, but I usually skip them because we do the podcast, and I'm like, well, what if I win, right? And then people are gonna be like, this mother effort does a podcast. Of course, that's why he won. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. But uh, no, I'm gonna enter. Actually, I, I was thinking about it this morning, and uh, and I didn't have time to. But uh, I I would love to have that page, man. Put it up in my office. I think it'd be awesome. Um, Megan the Stallion. Megan the Stallion. Uh, there is uh to to go along with this continuity thing. Back to Shadow Man. There is a, a cool teaser at the end of the issue, um, which to me seemed like a character that we've seen before. And and judging on what Colin said about tying this into continuity, maybe it is. Um, am I like reading too much into that? Maybe a, a previous love interest showing back up. I got that same uh, thought. Uh-huh. And I saw that person that showed up, and they didn't know if they really showed up or not, but she or he was there. <laughs> yeah. Travis? Uh, that did occur to me as well. And, I mean, it's striking that that person was not mentioned in the issue. So, I mean, you know, that would be nice if that is indeed the same character because, uh, like, that implies that they're going to get to why that character's not being mentioned, you know, not involved in, in the current story so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and again, like, it's a first issue, right? So I don't expect them to spew everything out. Um, but Cullen keeps teasing all this stuff about issue three, and I'm like, can we just do this like a make this a weekly book? Can John Davis Hunt draw like super detailed buttons on that coat uh, like every week, uh, and we can just have this book all the time? Uh, we'll we'll see. But I'm I'm excited to see where the uh, where the book evolves into because uh, I I do think the book has a lot a lot of potential. Um, I think that that kind of goes into another thing that I wanted to bring up is. Uh, you know, it's like a recurring theme for us, the the direction of the company. And and for me, like, this is the direction that I want the company to, to be going into, right? Uh, not that I dislike the other books, not that they're not good books. I think they're all worth reading. Um, but, you know, this feels like something that I, that, that is comfortable to me. Um, whereas, you know, reading... Shadow Man, or not Shadow Man, uh, like Savage, for example, uh, feels like a, a large departure from where we left off. Very, very much. <laughs> Huge departure. <laughs> I'm not saying it's bad, but it's a departure. Yes, departure. Uh, you know, all I really want, dude, is I want us to have stuff to talk about with Valiant, right? Because then we can do the podcast. Um but I, but I want like the Valiant fans to feel like they can still be Valiant fans, right? And and I th- we've all been reading Valiant for a long time. Uh, you know, I've been reading Valiant for twenty twenty eight years, dude. Mm. Uh, that's a long time. And uh, and I would love for for fans like myself that grew up with this stuff to pick these books up on a monthly basis and be like, hell yeah, right? Um. Kind of the excitement that used to be around in a lot of the conversations, um, you know, with like OTV, for example, Travis, right? Like you guys used to be super excited about stuff. And then that excitement starts waning a little bit and people kind of go in their own direction because they just don't want to talk about some of this kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, at a certain point, if stuff stops being what, you know, what you fell in love with and, and what speaks to you, then it becomes harder and harder to get amped for it. So to that extent, yeah, like, like this is a little bit closer to what we're used to, you know, from OG VEI days, you know, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, it's the tone is a little bit more consistent with, with what the old regime was. Um, so yeah, like I, you know, I, I got, no problem. They they want to keep trying to re-engage with those fans, maybe who feel like they're you know were abandoned or you know that like the characters that we're seeing are not the characters that they know. You know, like that's that's I think an important thing is is just you know people that have been reading for a while they notice when the characters are different. Mm-hmm. You know, 
And that's just a tough sell when you've been so invested for a long period of time. You're just like, who's this? You're like, that's that's tough for comic book fans to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with trying out new markets as long as you remember, like, your core fan base, right? Because um, I think that the core fan base will put up with a lot of stuff that they don't like just to keep supporting a company that they do like. Uh, and I get the the financial pressure of this being a business and having to make money. Um, but, you know, if the stuff that you're trying new in different demographics isn't hitting and it's pushing away the core demographic, then you're kind of not expanding your business, right? Because now you're not drawing new fans in and you're alienating old fans, right? And this is not a, a knock on anybody that works for the company, Um you know, it's a tough business to run a business, but uh, you know, I, I think maybe a back to basics could be cool, um, even if it has to be like some kind of event mini series, right? Targeted specifically at at Valiant fandom to bring some of those people lost back into the fold. I think could be cool. Hey, 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 guys, what do you think about this? You know, with you know, regardless of how you feel about vaccine or not vaccine with, you know, the COVID vaccine or whatnot, I think we're getting to a point where, um, and we've seen it, where states are, are kind of really relaxing and opening up again. Um, and if the trend continues, eventually we're going to get to a point where, you know, we mentioned this before, like cons are, will happen again. Um, we kind of maybe get back to some sort of... Uh, I hate to say normalcy, but kind of yeah. the, the way life used to be. Um, do you think that the Valiant needs to hit hit that timing just right? And if they do, and they bring out the the right product, to your point, Martin, like if they bring out a good mixture of uh, books and characters that that tend to the OG Valiant fans, and and also a, a few books that try to get new uh, comic readers, and they hit it just right where people. You know, are back to work full time, making a lot of money. We, we can get back out and do things and, and buy stuff. You think it could be a home run for Valiant? Uh, I think it could be. And so I've had a, a similar conversation uh, recently with someone. And and here's what I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a decision for us. Uh, but I think you guys would be cool with it. So I'm gonna go ahead. Uh, when when cons can buck, come back and and we have booths and stuff, uh, I will offer us three to run the Valiant booth at C two E two, and uh, we we will man the station, okay? Because I think one thing that I always really loved about conventions is that you know Hunter was there, Dinesh was there, Adam was there, and and granted the, those guys are great salespeople. But part of the reason that they're great salespeople is the excitement for the properties that they were pushing, because not only were they creating the properties, but they were legit fans of of the properties, right? They were comic fans. They were fans of these particular characters. Um, obviously, like Dinesh specifically, right? Like mm-hmm. if you met Dinesh at a booth, like he will talk to you no matter who you are, right? And he would spend an hour or two with you if it, if that's what it took. Um, Sharing that passion and excitement with people, I think, is part of the reason why maybe there's a little bit of suffering on on some of the pushing the new properties out, right? And that's not Valiant's fault that we have a global pandemic uh, and, and we can't do conventions. But but I think that's what we need, right? Because I've been to conventions um, since since kind of the changeover, and and the atmosphere at the booth feels a little bit different. Right. Uh, for example, my local con is is a very big con, uh, considering how small the state is. Uh, and and Valiant always has a gigantic booth right at the front door. Uh, and the last time this con happened, it just there wasn't any excitement there, right? Because like there were people at the booth, but it's like people that are hired to be at the booth and try to sell the comics. And and I think comic fans kind of feel when you're truly passionate about something and when you're just kind of there to push a product, right? Um, so we will man the booth at C2E2. I'm just saying, we're not going to pay for the booth. Uh, somebody else has to pay for the booth, Valiant. Uh, but we will man it. 
and uh, mm-hmm. and we will sell the crap out of it. Listen, Ronnie and I manned that Aftershock Comics booth. <laughs> we sold a ton <laughs> of comics in like Did 30 really? minutes. Hell yeah. <laughs> we sold a ton of comics at the Aftershock booth. Um, yeah, Joe went to like lunch or something. He's like, you, got, you mind hanging out here? We're like, yeah, whatever. Bam. Comics sold, sold, sold. So uh, well, we could do it. I'm just saying. He was off salsa dancing or something, right? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure we were, like, super drunk. Ronnie and I had to be at the opposite sides of the booth. (laughs) Because if we're on the same side, it's going to be a disaster. Utter disaster. Yeah. I mean, I I guess if we run the Valiant booth, we have to stay, like, sober. But... uh, Yeah. We have to be early. No, no, (laughs) no. Uh, but but we will do that. So uh, hopefully, <laughs> I mean, dude, <laughs> C2E2 in December, that, that seems like a no-go for me. Uh, it is way too cold in Chicago. But uh, but maybe if they do it uh, earlier next year, I'm down. I'm game. Sign mm-hmm. me up. I'll bring, the, I'll bring the Valiant baby with me. Oh, hell yeah. There you go. Aaron Ronda Martina Hammonds. There you go. <laughs> Manning the booth. <laughs> Uh, we'll put a little high chair, and uh, she can give out uh, the little ash cans. As long as she has her oatmeal, she's fine. <laughs> she is fine. She'll sit there and sell anything all day. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one last thing, and then we can wrap it up. If you guys had to pitch me, let's say I was Heather, okay, and and you had to pitch me your your perfect Valiant book. What character would it be, and what would be the basis of this book? Am I am I putting you in the spot too quick? Is that too much? That's a tough question. All right, how about this? Think about it, and we can discuss this on the next episode. Mm, it would something be the Valiant 2.0. Oh, Beast Brigade. I see. Beast Brigade. Beast Brigade. <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna put uh, Heather's penguins in there with the Beast Brigade? Yeah, we can we can make a penguin character. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's how the sausage is made. That's fine. <laughs> uh, very good, very good, uh, good. Because I already have mine ready, so we'll we'll get there. Um, what else you guys got? I'm cool on the collector side. You know, we talked about Shadow Man. Uh, what what do they have? Like a smoke black glass cover. One is there coming out? Yeah, a so glass one. To, yeah, I think it's a. I think it's a glass cover, smoke black glass cover. Yeah, like um, like that old school Shadow Man Ten look, but in glass. I'm you know not... what I'm talking about? The old. Oh wait, no, that, that's a Solar book. The old black cover. Oh, oh no, Solar Ten. No, no. Yeah, Solar Ten. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've picked up a few of those lately. To be honest, funny you said that. You know, that's one of the books I've had trouble getting, and I've kind of picked a few up. Dude, I, I went to this comic shop probably about seven years ago. He was going out of business. I didn't know. I was looking for a new shop, and uh, I searched, and I was like, oh, okay, I've never been here. Let me go. And I go there, and he had just started his liquidation sale. He was going out of business like at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was just looking for value stuff at the time because I don't have a full collection yet. And I already had a Solar Number 10. Uh, but there was a friend of us of ours that that was missing it, and uh, I looked at it and I was like, yeah, "It looks like in good shape." So I called him. He's like, "Yeah, get it for me." I said, "Okay." I was like, "How much do you want for this book?" And he was like, fifty bucks." And I was like, "Fifty bucks?" Ooh. I was like, "It's like a ten dollar book, dude." And he's <laughs> going out of business. No wonder he was going out of business. Don't <laughs> <laughs> sell me a solar number ten bucks. for fifty bucks. Yeah. Uh, I try to get him down, like, dude. He he wouldn't go down below twenty five, and I was like, dude, even then, that's too much. So uh, yeah. I ended up not buying it from him. I felt kind of bad, but I mean, you know, I guess if you can't run a business, uh, hey, those are hard too because you know the cover. Like JC will tell you, the covers you know get scratched up. It's mm-hmm. hard. Like if you get one graded, it's really hard to get one at a really high grade because it's just all black matte cover, and they just get beat up so much over the over time. So. Um. Yeah, he should have let it go if it was a liquidation. He should have gave it to you for ten bucks, right? Max, max. You know, what's he gonna do? Hold on to it and try to sell it in fifty years for fifty bucks? No. 
Good luck, I, bro. I'm trying to remember what I spent on my Solar 10. I want to think it was at least like 20 bucks or something. Like it was it was it was not an easy book to get when I was trying to get it. Um Martin, I think you should just send your friend to uh to my comic shop because like honestly <laughs> Like, I I don't know. I did the eBay thing for a while when I was trying to build out that collection. And then I realized, like, how much I was paying for shipping versus getting all of it in one box. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I'm never doing that eBay stuff again, you know? Yep. Yeah, my comic shop's where it's at, man. Uh, Unless you want to get into Spawn. uh, Mike Myers has got me, like all about some spawn lately so i started rewatching the animated series and i was like i should pick up some of the books that i'm missing dude those books are so expensive um especially like once you get to like issue 105 and after because the print run was so low um so i gotta think about it maybe i'll just get uh, the compendiums or whatever and do it that way uh, or I digital did- wait for a spawn sale dude oh that's true i mean i have a lot of them digitally because um Humble Bundle had them, shit, probably six, seven years ago. Uh, they had a Spawn Humble Bundle. But, uh, but yeah, some of that stuff I don't mind having in print, right? So, like, I've, I've got a whole run of, like, Milestone, uh, Valiant, and all that. All, all that stuff is uh, all, all print comics still. Uh, I did find this 1 in 500 glass variant. The cover is by Jeff DeCall, and it's awesome. Damn. The Shadow Man? Yeah, the Shadow Man. Yeah, man. That is a very nice-looking cover. I got one coming. Very nice. Ooh, I like this uh, Bulletproof variant, too. Did you get that one? Uh, Bulletproof I I Comics? A, I think I have a Kinect that's going to help oh, me out. Little something something. Little something something. All right, all right, all right. I hear you. Uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap this one up. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Let's not wait six months for the next episode, okay? Yeah. I mean, it, we, yeah. can't. we can't. We can't because you guys need to pitch me these books. We're going to start uh, Valiant 2.0, okay? Oh, we're going to start a whole new Valiant? Let's do it. We're going to call it um, Good Idea. <laughs> Featuring Valiant. <laughs> <laughs> can, can we be the new Windjammer? Oh, 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 oh. You know, that's uh, – I wanted to bring this up as a topic of conversation, so let's uh, let's let's put a pin in that. Windjammer uh, Central Podcast. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's put a pin on that because I think that would be kind of interesting. And that goes along with this whole uh, – how do, how do you appeal to the fan base and how do you do something for other people? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know how feasible it is to do multiple imprints at Valiant – but uh, that's interesting. That's all I'm saying. The angels. Let's do it. Dude, what what happened to that? Wasn't that on the blackboard or the whiteboard or whatever? Let's, yeah, let's get that let's rolling. Let's get that rolling. Let's, get it rolling. let's do it. All right. Thank you for listening. You can uh, find us on Twitter. Duan is at Collect Valiant. Travis is at The Great Magnet. I'm a Geekvine. The show is at Valiant underscore Central. And thank you for listening. Uh, send your hate mail to uh, nobody cares at nerdylegion.com. Thanks. Uh, see you next time. Bye. Peace.